What's up, everybody? Before we get into this episode of Girls Got Game, I just want to point out again that we got another Wednesday start as the women are in Thailand. Uh, so make sure you get your lineups in and locked in before the uh, DraftKings starts on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So make sure we fill these contests up. They made the $8 primary contest a little bit smaller. They took out about 100 entries this week. So let's make sure we get that filled up so we get bigger, better contests coming up. Uh, so just wanted to make that or make you aware that that's happening. Uh, so make sure you get it in by Wednesday. All right, let's get into the podcast. What is going on, degenerates of the world? Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Girls Got Game podcast. My name is Joe Butter. I am your host again for this evening all by myself. I think we're going to have a guest soon, uh, probably planning for the next major, I think is what we're going to do. Uh, so until then, I think I'll be going by myself, but I've been having some fun. Hope you've been enjoying it. The The feedback, the listenership has been excellent. So uh, before I get into it, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has been with me on this short but fun journey. Uh, so thank you for you know listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the feedback and uh, hope you're getting some valuable information. Hope you're winning some money. Last week was awesome uh, at the HSBC Women's World Championship in Singapore. That was an incredible event. The leaderboard was loaded. Um, like I said, leading into it, it basically felt like a WGC, which we got another one this week. So I uh, hope you all enjoyed it last week. That was a fun tournament. Um, the times were quirky. It's going to be quirky again. Um, I, the first night, I actually stayed up and watched the whole thing because my, my two-year-old son didn't sleep very well, so I was up anyway. So I might as well watch some golf while I was dealing with a crying kid. The rest of the weekend, I was kind of taping it, watching it the next day. Uh, the final round, I actually didn't watch until Sunday night, but that was an incredible back nine. Um, oddly enough, I think I had about seven players in the last three groups. Uh, I had Tabatanikid, I had Lydia Ko, I had... Hannah Green, uh, So Yun Yu, Ambi Park, Xiu uh, Lin, uh, Gabby Lopez, all these players I had, you know, a bite on the apple with to win the tournament, whether it be an outright bet or, you know, DFS. And He Yu Ju Kim just fires a flawless 64 on, on sun, Saturday night, but on Sunday to take home the title. And I had no shares of her anywhere. Nothing. Um, ended up losing a little bit of money on DFS, but it is what it is. I pretty much nailed the top of the board outside of Huju Kim. Um, I mean, the top 10 was littered with players that I told you to play. I just struggled with the bottom of the board. Hanako Shibono, Shibuno really destroyed me, uh, shooting 11 over. I had her in probably 80% of my lineups really hurt. And, uh, Nicole Brock Larson, uh, not Nicole Brock. She she put okay. Nana Kurtz Madsen uh, kind of hurt me a little bit too. But outside of that, I mean, the players that I thought were going to do well did well. Um, I just missed on a couple and it kind of hurt me because I had them in majority of the lineups. So it is what it is. It was a fun weekend. It was a lot of good golf. And this week, the field is a little bit weaker. Um, last week was a little bit weaker than normal than what we've seen. This week is a little bit weaker than that. But It'll be interesting again. There's, you know, there's still some really good players playing, um, as we've seen mostly every week. It just seems that a couple of the, you know, big name players didn't want to make the 
travel is kind of what I'm I'm getting at. And then we had a couple people that didn't want to play again. MB Park uh, is not playing this week. Um, a couple people just playing last week, not playing this week. Maybe heading back to the states. I'm not really sure what they're doing, but it'll be a fun week anyway. We'll get into it. So this week we got the Honda LPGA Thailand. Um, it's held at CM Country Club, and it's been there since 2008. Uh, it's a par 72, plays around 6,500 yards. Again, about 70 players, no cut. Um, it was canceled last year, as most of the events were. Um, the LPGA didn't make it possible to reschedule as many of the tournaments as the PGA did. So a lot of these tournaments were just flat out canceled rather than postponed. But we have some serious course history here. Uh, Amy Yang has won this event three times. 2019, 2017, 2015. Uh, so if your math is as good as mine, she wins every odd number year. We're in 2021. Granted, she's never won back-to-back, which this would be technically because they didn't play last year. But it is an odd number year. So who knows? Maybe she's going to pull it out. Um, and then we got Jessica Corda, won in 2018. Lexi Thompson, 2016, uh, on a Nordquist in 14, MB Park 13, and Yanni Sang won it back-to-back in 11 and 12. That's as far back as I went, because the, the years before that, the players weren't really relevant. Yanni Sang isn't really relevant in all honesty right now, but she's one of the game's greats. And, you know, she had a run at the top of the game that hasn't been matched by many people. All right. But what that's telling me um, is that this is one of the courses that it appears that length actually does help you. Because Amy Yang is a little bit above tour average. Jessica Corda's long. Lexi Thompson's long. MB, or, uh, Anna Norquist was long. MB Park, not so much. Uh, but MB Park has shown that she can play anywhere. She's just, you know, one of those players that can make up for lack of length with just precision and incredible putting. But, it, I don't know, from what I'm seeing, it, it looks like yardage length might help. The, the course map didn't show too much trouble. There's a, basically one body of water that runs through the middle of the golf course and affects maybe four holes. But other than that, it just seems like tree-lined fairways. And I don't know, it, it appears that you can get away with being a little bit wild based on, you know, the track record of the winners of this golf tournament i mean lexi thompson isn't one of the most accurate players you know in the field anna norquist was never one of the most accurate players off the tee uh amy yang i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure she's doing very very well this year um accuracy wise she's just a tick below tour average um but she's healthy long off the tee so all right let's get right into it um like I said in the beginning of the show, the contest was shrunk a little bit this week. We're down to uh, 700 plus entries where it was up in the 800s last week. It was 2,000 at first last week. Now it's 1,000 again. Didn't fill last week, which gave us some um, layover, but didn't benefit me. I didn't take advantage of it, but I'm sure it helped somebody. But let's get these contests filled. I want some bigger and better contests. Uh, maybe we can get up, get it to a point where there's a 5,000 a first type of t- contest. 10,000 a first. Give us some kind of serious GPP and let us have some fun with it. We got a major coming up in a few weeks. That would be fun 
to make that, you know, maybe a 5,000 to first type of, type of uh, DraftKings tournament. So let's get these filled up. Again, it locks Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Get your lineups in. All right, let's get right into the DFS. It's a short field, uh, small field. So going to try to make this a little short and sweet. Uh, there's less players that I'm interested in this week. This one was a little bit harder for me to really determine who my absolute favorites are. And frankly, I think this is going to be the first event of the season where it's almost a quote-unquote fade the 10K week. Uh, the, the 10K and up range really doesn't look too interesting to me. And there's not enough value down low because DraftKings drastically changed some prices. I mean, CU Lin went from uh, even 7000 up to 8700 uh, like some of these players, they just their prices just skyrocketed. Uh, Carlota Sagan is up to ninety eight hundred. Hannah Green is up over ten uh, k. I apologize for that sound. That's my phone's ringtone. My kids get a kick out of it. I meant to silence it. Um, some of these prices, some of these players really got a big jump, and I know it's because there's also a small field, so that helps a little bit. And the field got a little bit weaker than even just last week. So some of the prices went up. However, the the players that are down low belong down low, so it's hard to find the ones that I really want to play. All right, let's just get into it. The 10K range, starting off with Hyuju Kim at 11-2. They definitely gave some respect to the, def, uh, not defending champion, but last week's champion jumping up from, I think she was 10-2, uh, now to 11-2. Lydia Ko, 11-even. So Yun Yu, 10-7. Minji Lee, 10-4. Hannah Green, 10-2. Danielle Kang, 10,000 even. I'll be honest with you. I've built some lineups on DraftKings just to kind of mess around with the salaries and see what I can fit who and where and into what group. I haven't even put a 10K player in a finalized lineup yet. It just doesn't fit for me. I don't see Hyuju Kim going back-to-back. 11-2 is a price tag where you have to win. Um, Lydia Ko at 11,000, you have to win. So Yun Yu at 10-7, you have to win. I don't see those three winning. Hyuju Kim just came off a win, just came off a really, really dominant fourth round. It's going to be hard to follow that up. Uh, we saw Lydia Ko do it, you know, coming off the ANA where she shot 62 on Sunday. Ended up winning the next week at the Lotte, but that's hard to do. I mean, Lydia Ko is, you know, a generational type of talent. It, it's hard to do that. So, I'm, I don't know. I'm hesitant with Hyuju Kim. Minji Lee is not playing all that well. She's playing okay. She has pretty bad course history at this place. Uh, Hannah Green at 10-2. Again, the same thing. She's coming off an emotional. I mean, she had the lead with two holes to go. And I really, really thought she was going to win. I was really going back and forth between Hanako Shibuno and Hannah Green on who I was going to predict to win last week in my, you know, weekly tweet. I really thought she was going to win that golf tournament and just choked. I mean, I'll be honest with you. She just flat out choked. Bogeyed 17, bogeyed 18, lost by one. Uh, it's going to be hard to, you know, put that aside. Put that emotion behind you and get back after it, you know, five days later, four days later. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how she return how she recovers from that but it's not something that i want to pay ten thousand two hundred dollars to watch 
And Daniel Kang, I've been fading her for weeks. That's just she her price is going up or staying up, and she's just not playing well. She's not playing well. She's getting frustrated. You can see it. You know, within four holes, she misses a couple short putts, and she's already in like the downward spiral of that round. She's she's getting frustrated. She's getting angry. She's letting that emotion get to her, and she's struggling to recover from you know early bogeys. Her putting is not nearly what we're used to seeing. Uh, she's just not in a good space right now. So I'm not willing to pay 10000 for that. It's just, there's nothing here that jumps out at me. There's no MB Park. That's, you know, my my lock every week. MB Park, play MB Park, play MB Park. She's not here this week. There's, there's nothing up here that I'm really jumping at. I'll be honest with you. If I had to pick one of this group, It'd probably be Lydia Ko, just because I think she's the safest bet to, you know, finish top 10. But I don't believe the winner's going to come from this this batch of six players. I don't. So I'm, I'm just not willing to pay, you know, 10-7 for a So Young Yu to come in ninth. That's that's where I'm at. All right, let's go to 9K. Carlota Saganda at 9-8. Inji Chun, 9-6. Maria Jatanagar, 9-5. Patty Tavitanik at 9-4. Amy Yang, 9-3. Jung-Un Lee, 6, 9-2. Shan-Shan Fang, 9-1. Megan Kang, $9,000 even. So this is where we get into the meat of the course history players. Amy Yang, I mentioned, she had three wins. Outside of those three wins, so I took information going back to 2013 because that's what I found most relevant player-wise. Uh, she had three wins obviously, and then a top five and two top 20s. So in six of those seven years, she finished in the top 20. Three of those she won. She's at 9,300. If people are looking at course history, I think she's going to be very chalky. I don't know how many players are doing that. She's, on average, the lowest owned in this group of players. I'm just not sure. Like, all you got to do, you don't even have to look at, you know, the actual leaderboards. All you got to do is go into the LPJ app, look at past results, and her name is just littered on that page. So I think she's going to be fairly chalky. Uh, and I think it's for a reason. She's playing really well right now, and she's coming back to a course where she's won a few times. I think she's safe. I'm, I'm definitely going to play her in a few lineups. I'm not going to put her in all of them because I think she's going to be pretty, pretty highly owned. And with that type of ownership, you kind of need it to win. So I'm... I'm not going to go heavy on Amy Yang, but I, I think it's a great play. My favorite play in this range, you know who I'm going to say. It's Patty Tavitanikit. I play her every week. She's my favorite player now. Uh, and she's just showing how dominant she is. She really is. All she's got to do is put it remotely together. Her combination of distance, uh, short game, iron play, is just so, so good. If she puts it together, she is very tough to beat. Um, she made it look like, if it wasn't for Hyoju Kim making that run on Sunday, she made it look like she was going to threaten, you know, the NB Parks and uh, Hannah Green for that, you know, getting into a playoff. It, she was making a, a serious run of her own. She's played in uh, five events this season. Six events this season. 5th, 14th, miscut, 1st, miscut, 3rd. What does that tell me? All she's got to do is make the cut, 
and she's in contention. Well, there is no cut. So I'm putting her in contention. I think she's going to finish top five again. I think she has a real good chance of winning. She's not going to be my actual pick to win. I think you're actually going to be very shocked about my pick to actually win the event. Uh, somebody that I've been screaming to fade for seven weeks now. But Patty Tabatanik, it's, it's, I think, as safe as you're going to get, especially in a no-cut event. She makes a ton of birdies. She's long. She's accurate. She's putting really well right now. She's coming off a very strong performance last week, hungry to get that second win. She got a taste of what winning feels like. I mean, who doesn't like to win? Like, she knows what it feels like now she won a field that's much more difficult than this and really dominated it. So I think that's as safe as anything right now. Maria Jatanagarn at 95. Um, I, I've been fading both Jatanagarn sisters recently, and I think I'm going to be playing both of them this week. I think they're both good plays. They both have really strong course history. They're both playing a little bit better. Uh, Jatanagarn has been slowly putting together some serious you know, finishes lately. Her last four events, 10th, missed cut, 17th, 16th. Uh, so, you know, three top 20s and obviously the missed cut. But we don't have to worry about missed cuts here. Just kind of pin your ears back, make some birdies. And, you know, if you make a bogey or two, it's not the end of the world. You know, you don't have to sweat a cut line on Friday evening or kind of Thursday evening, I guess. But it just pin your ears back and just fire at flags, make some birdies. And I think she has a good chance of doing that. She's she's putting much better over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and in the last three years of this event she's finished 10th second and seventh uh so strong course history recent strong course history and you know strong recent play that's kind of the best of both worlds right there uh, so i like that play i also love Inji chun i always do she's playing extremely well as she has been all year she's been one of the most consistent players this year uh so i'm, I'm playing her too she one thing that jumped out at me about uh, Chun, last week, she hit 64 greens. 64. She missed 8 greens the entire week. Uh, and then and then went on to have 125 putts, which is 6.5 putts above her average for an event. Uh, so about a putt and a half around. It's just little things. I mean, obviously if you're hitting that many greens, you're, you're missing out on some of those up and down opportunities where you have, you know, four footers. But you bring that back down to average, she finishes, she finished 11 under last week. You take those six spots, put her at 17, boom, she's in a playoff. It's just those little things. I mean, she finished fourth here in 2017, second here in 2016. She's got course history. She's playing well. She's playing some of the most consistent golf right now. Like her. Carlotta Saganda at 9,800, too much. Too expensive. Uh, there's not much more I can say. It's, I think she showed you what she is last week and at ninety eight hundred dollars I'm not it's just too much money with players underneath her that are honestly playing a lot better than she is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with, you know, the safer plays up here. With higher ceilings, frankly. I don't see Saganda winning. I can see Tabataniki winning. I can see Amy Yang win. I can see Inji Chun winning. Who am I picking to actually win the event? Jung Unli six. $9,200. That's my pick to win. I'm peppering her in my lineups. Uh, she's performing much, much better lately. Where she was really struggling in the beginning of the year. And they were keeping her up in the upper nines or mid nines. They dropped her a little bit. 
Got her back into the nines this week because of the strength of field, and I think her price is warranted now because of the strength of field. You know, if we had a full allotment of players, you know, the Corda sisters, Lexi Thompson, Brooke Henderson, MB Park, you had all these players, say Young Kim, uh, Jin Young Ko is out again, or out this week. You know, we're missing the top six players in the world. And you put those players in there and Jung and Lee's 9-2, I'm not interested. You take those players out, yeah, sign me up. She's playing really well. She's putting incredibly right now. Uh, she's a little bit above tour average in length, but she's very, very accurate. Good with her irons. She's playing just. She's playing extremely well, uh, and I, I think this is going to be her week. That's what. Uh, that's just the way I feel right now. From you know the 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 research I've done. Shen Shen Fang at ninety one. I also love that play. You're kind of sensing a theme here. I love this nine k range where previously in in you know most of the events this season I've kind of lived up in the 10Ks and skipped the 9Ks. This week, that 9K is just perfect. I mean, you can really make a solid case for everybody under Saganda to have a good week. I mean, I, I love Chun, Jatanagar, Tabatanikit, Yang, Lee Six, Fang, Megan Kang, I'm okay with. I'm not a huge fan. I don't really say, I'm not saying to outright just completely fade her. She's useless. She's not going to do well. I'm not saying that, but I, I like the other players better frankly, but this range is just perfect. It's got everyone you need right here. I can honestly, those seven players I just listed, I can see them come in top seven. I can see that being the top of the leaderboard. All right, let's get into the eights. Amy Olsen at 8-9, Jenny Shin 8-8, Xiu Lin 8-7, Arya Jatanagarn 8-6, Sofia Popov 8-5, Gabby Lopez 8-4, Charlie Hull 8-3, Georgia Hall 8-2, Brittany Altamare 8-1, Azahara Munoz, $8,000 even. All right, this is where we're getting into, you know, some of the players that are playing pretty well, had a good week last week. However, they don't have the course history that some of the others have. However, I like some of these players too. Not as many of them. I'm not just going to fire every single one of them and then just whichever lineup has the one that hits, that lineup's going to win the win the contest is how I feel, but I like Arya Jatanagarn, uh, she's playing a little bit better, she's putting a little bit better, and she has a very strong course history here, she finished second in 2013, uh, I don't know, that's a long time ago, but since then she also has a top 5, a top 10, and two top 20s, so she's in and around that top portion of the leaderboard in a no-cut event, which is nice, um, and you know, she's just playing a little bit better. So I'm, I'm okay with her. Gabby Lopez, I was on her last week. She played well. She struggled a little bit on Sunday, which I hope minimizes her ownership a little bit uh, based on, you know, she shot 70. She was in contention and she shot 73 on Sunday and kind of knocked her in, you know, kind of fringe top 10. But again, she's long. She's very good with her iron. She's a, a tour average putter and she makes a ton of birdies. She's perfect for a no-cut event. Absolutely perfect. You don't have to worry about her sweating the cut. You can just sit back and watch her make, you know, six birdies, three bogeys, and score a ton of DraftKings points. I also really like Charlie Hall this week at 83, which I think might be my favorite play in this range. And it has a lot to do with what she did last week. Her score wasn't great. She finished two under, you know, right in the you know top 30-ish range. 
but she hit 60 greens. She didn't putt wonderfully. She didn't drive the ball great, so her proximity wasn't excellent. So she, you know, managed a lot of putts. She had 126 putts over the week, which is a lot. And 31 and a half around. That's you know like one of us putting. That's not what a pro should be putting. But you know she averages just under 122, so she, you know, she's almost five putts above her average, and her irons were very well. It's just put the ball in the fairway a little bit more, get the ball a little bit closer, and make a couple more of those birdies. And you can make some noise. She's uh, course history here isn't great. Uh, she has one top 15 finish, but that iron play last week was really strong. I think she, that could give her some confidence going into this week. Just hit some more fairways. That's all you got to do. Hit some more fairways and you'll be okay. She's generally just tour average putting, very strong with her irons, and she got back to that last week, which she's been struggling a little bit lately. Uh, so that was good to see. Uh, Brittany Altamare, she's becoming a mainstay at the top of the leaderboard. Um, at least, you know, the first couple days. And kind of has that one round that takes her out of contention. She's trying to get uh, get that win under her belt. And it seems like she's knocking on the door week in and week out. And to be priced at 8100 and playing the way that she's playing, I think it's too cheap especially in a field of this strength. Um, I think she's priced too low, so I'm definitely going to be playing her. She's just playing very, very good right now. She's she's gaining in, in every aspect of the game that I'm looking for. Uh, a tick above tour average in putting, but excellent with her irons. Very accurate off the tee. Uh, just playing really well. She came in seventh overall in my model, uh, and she's the 23rd highest price player. So strong value. Um, I like her a lot. See you, Lynn. At 87 is somebody that I wanted to, to touch on. I, that price just jumped at me when I saw that. I couldn't believe how high. She, they bumped her up $1,700 from one week to the next. Which, absolutely incredible. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. And she's playing really well. Um, it's She's a player that I've basically played every single week. Because she's been living between 68 and 7300 seemingly every week. And just destroying the value of that price but now she's priced at 8700 now you you kind of have to come in the top 10 like before you didn't necessarily have to come in the top 10 like you know if you finish t22 and you know just outscore your your placement maybe make a couple more birdies than you know the players that you're tied with you outplay that price 8700 you, you need the top 10 for me to quantify playing at that price tag um, and I'm a little hesitant based on, you know, some of these other players that are around her that have a longer track record of success. Jatanagarn, uh, Gabby Lopez, Charlie Hall, who's been just peppering the top 25s over the last couple of years. Brittany Altamara, who's playing really, really good right now. Uh, it's just Amy Olsen is right above her, who played very well last week. Uh, Jenny Shin, who has struggled the last two weeks. However, you know, with coming in strong to the LA Open and then withdrew from that and, you know, struggled a little bit last week. Players I like more than her. Sophia Popov, not sure if I'm real interested in, in going back to her. It's just so volatile. She's so inaccurate off the tee, so wild. And she's okay with her irons, okay on the greens. It's just very hard for her to put it all together. And similar to, to Lynn, at that price tag, you need the top 10. 
in a field like this, you have to top 10 at that price tag. And I, I don't know if it's going to happen. All right, let's get into the sevens. We got Nana Kurtz Madsen at 7.9. Athaya Thidikul, 7.8. Anna Nordquist, 7.7. Seven, seven. Wei Ling Su, 7.6. Seven, Jody Ewart Shadoff, 7.5. Nasa Hataoka, 7.4. A Caroline Masson, 7.4 also. Yu Lu Celine Boudier, 7.3. Yelimi No, Emily Peterson, 7.2. Mi Hyang Lee, Miram Lee, 7.1. Hanako Shibuno, and Nicole Brock Larson, $7,000 even. Not a fan of this range. I have a spreadsheet that kind of depicts my model for this week. I highlight the names one way or the other. You know, green, yellow, orange, because red is hard to see on a spreadsheet. So read the words underneath it. Whether I like them, not sure, don't want to play them. I got two players marked at all on this range. Wei-Ling Su and Nicole Brock Larson. I don't know what to do here. I just don't. I've, I've kind of been skipping this grouping for the most part and just living in the nines, eights, and then grabbing like a six, to be honest with you. Nicole Brock Larson at seven is my favorite. I'm going, she was 66 last week, played okay. She finished 28th minus three, and they bumped her up just 400 bucks in a field that's a little bit weaker. So I'm going right back to her. She's one of the best birdie makers in the field let alone price this low. Uh, she's wild off the tee, so kind of be patient with it. But she's very long, and she's gaining a stroke around on the greens. So she can get the ball in the hole. It's just a matter of getting the ball into the green from wherever her tee shot lands. Uh, but she's been uh, producing a 10, 10 and a quarter X value on DraftKings, uh, you know, averaging 70 points a week at that price. is just inc- it's crazy value. Crazy value. Um, so I'm playing her. Wailing Sue, I'm interested in. Uh, it's not a stone cold lock, but I'm, I'm definitely interested in her. She's playing very, very well. Uh, gaining basically everywhere. She's virtually tour average in length. Gaining everywhere else. Accurate, good with her irons, good on the greens. And putting it together and scoring well. She's you know gaining over a stroke per round and scoring uh, to the field in this, in this field. Um, and she's made her issue is making the cut if she makes the cut she finishes well uh she's you know got an average finish finish position of 39th with a missed cut and with two missed cuts actually and uh no that's wrong yeah no with two missed cuts and she has two top seven finishes at you know 7600 in a no cut event where you don't have to worry about that sweat i mean it's strong value to me she finished 17th overall in my model. She's a 27th price player. Uh, so pretty strong value there. Uh, I, I like her a lot. The rest of this this group, I don't know what to do with. I'm interested in Yeah Let Me Know at 72. Uh, she's, oddly enough, one of the higher owned players in this, this grouping, generally speaking. And hasn't been playing all that well, but she's been playing better of late. She's, let's see, she's, she's long off the tee. She's a pretty solid putter, gaining a quarter of a stroke around. Uh, mediocre off, mediocre in in uh, accuracy and with her irons. But she has finished in the top... Uh, well, she finished in 50th at LA. Finished in 30th at the Lotte, which was her best finish of the year. So she's kind of trending in the right direction. Uh, so I'm, I'm fairly interested in her. Yu Lu uh, is someone that I'm always interested in. I'm a little bit worried about her putting. But 
Last week was just outrageous. It was just one of those uh, weeks that you're going to have to set aside and just say this is the outlier. I mean, she had 134 putts last week. 134 putts. That's uh, the math geeks out there. That's 77, no, 67. So 33 and a half putts around. That's a lot of putts uh, for a professional golfer. That's a lot. I mean, she hit 60 greens in regulation and finished two under. That's that's hard to do, to hit that many greens and barely break even. That's hard to do. Her average is about 122 putts an event. So you take them 12 putts, and she's at 14 under right there in contention. And she's priced at 7,300. Um, she did everything really well last week except get the ball in the hole, which obviously that's the name of the game. If you can't get the ball in the hole, then what are we doing here? But she's generally tour average, just a tick above tour average in doing that. So if you believe what I believe, and players always regress back to the mean, if she gets back to her mean and keeps doing everything else what she's doing, she's going to be great value at $7,300. Caroline Masson, that was pretty pretty crazy how far she fell off last week. Uh, you know, being in the final group on Friday to not being in contention remotely at all uh, last week. That was pretty impressive. I don't know what to do with Shibuno. She still grades out well. She finished 23rd in my model, at, and she's a 36 price player. But she she was atrocious last week, so I don't know what to make of that. Um, and Anna Nordquist, I never really know what to do with her. She's always about 20% owned, and I, I, frankly, I don't see her winning anymore. So, like... At that ownership, you know, I'd rather just go to somebody else that I think is a higher ceiling. You know, a Wei Ling Su or a Yu Lu, even Nicole Brock Larson, who's $700 cheaper. Or making my lineup work to where I can get up to 81 and, and go to Brittany Altamare. I, I don't know. I'm just, she's a player that's always highly owned. And it, it's hard for where her game is right now. It's hard for her to win in, you know, the current state of golf where there's a lot of really good players right now all right and the sixes i'm not going to list them off there's not as many this week as there normally are but there's still about 30 um i i kind of told you before i don't love anybody in this group i don't really like much there's a couple players that do kind of stick out sarah schmelzel at 6900 uh she's she does everything very well. She loses about a half a stroke around in putting, which is really her biggest weakness. Uh, but she's a, a little bit below tour average in distance, but very accurate, very good with her iron. She gains seven and a half strokes in driving accuracy and over five in, in iron play. And she's playing pretty well uh, right now. So at that price, I mean, that's somebody that I think has a has a decent floor for a 6,900 player. Just don't, she doesn't have much of a ceiling. But just... A week like this, if if you can finish, you know, T30 at that price and you hit them up top, you're okay. Suo at 6,400. I'm fairly interested in her. Not sure what to make of some of her recent performances, but she gains over a stroke in putting, over a stroke around in putting, which is something that I really look for down here. She finished 29th on my model and she's the 51st price player. So really good value there. She produces, you know, 7.5x. DraftKings value, um, her big issue was getting through the cut line. She's made three of five cuts, but we don't have to worry about that now. So pin your ears back, make some putts, which is what she is best at, is putting. 
Everything else is very mediocre, uh, but she's a very strong putter. So that's kind of what I focus on. I emphasize putting in no-cut events because you don't have to worry about, you know, the bogeys, the, the wild drives that lead to the bogeys or the doubles. But if you can get on the green and if you can convert your greens and regulations to birdies, that's what I want. I want you to shoot, you know, a 69 with seven birdies. That's what I want to see because that's where you're getting DraftKings points, especially from down here in this price range. Uh, Kristen Gilman at 6,500 is, is intriguing to me. She's been playing much better lately. She played okay last week. She has two top 30 finishes this season, one of which was at the Kia Classic, which, you know, outside of the ANA, which was the only major we played so far, that was the strongest field we've seen. And she finished 28th, which is promising. She's Her numbers don't grade out well. Her, she finished 44th in my model, which is virtually right where she is. She's the 50th price player. Actually, she's the 48th price player. There's a couple other 65s. 48th price player, she's basically priced where she belongs based on my model. But she's one of the better putters down here outside of Suo. Um, she's the second best putter in strokes gained in my mathematical model of anyone under 6,700. So it produces a little bit of value there to me. Jing Yang, I don't know why. She always grades out well in my model. Never plays well. She was okay last week. I think she shot one over. Had a lot of putts. Yes, she was one over. She had 58 of 72 greens, which is very good from a $6,000 player. She had 130 putts, which is very bad from any player. But she averages about 122. So if you give me those eight shots and put her at uh, seven under... I'm happy with that, especially at 6,000 even. So I'm playing her again. I, I, I seem to play her every week. I don't know. It, I'm, I'm like that in PGA also. There's always, like, I find a couple people down low that seemingly just grade out well every single week in a model, even though they really don't finish inside the top 30. There's just some numbers that just flash every week, and I don't know why. But she's a decent putter. Just a tick below average. Um, she's very accurate and, and solid with her irons. Her scoring is virtually average. So something in there she's not doing well that's ruining her scoring, but these numbers are, are good. And she's producing you know, almost 8x value in DraftKings points. So she, she makes birdies, which is the good thing. The bad thing is she makes a lot of bogeys. But this week it might not hurt so much. So I'm... I'm Throwing her in, you know, one or two that allows me... To, I've had a couple lineups I've created that I've had three 9Ks, two 8Ks, and Jing Yan. And that gave me enough confidence because I, I really thought I had five players with top five upside and virtually win upside. And then I had a player down low that I think can top 25 if she gets the putter rolling, which is really all you need down there. Other than that, I mean, Jarena Pillar graded out well, but she's been awful at this golf course. Um, she's finished top 20 back-to-back -back weeks, but she has three finishes in the last five years here outside the top 35. Two of them are outside the top 50. There's just, I don't know, there's something about this golf course. And she's not long, which maybe that's the thing. She's not, she's a little bit below tour average, but she's generally very accurate, so I'm not sure what it is about this golf course that she 
doesn't see well, but I think she's going to be fairly high owned. I say high owned, but down here I mean like five percent. Uh, Pornanong Fetlam was somebody who jumped out at me when I first started doing research, but same thing. She has three finishes here outside the top thirty-five, uh, two of the last three years, and then also two thousand fourteen. I don't don't know what it is. Something about this golf course. She's not long off the tee again. She's one of those, you know, short knockers. She loses four strokes to the field on driving distance. And maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I haven't seen this golf course before. So she's short and a little bit under average on the greens. So put that together, and maybe this is a course that she just doesn't like. Uh, but it was a name that jumped out at me. I did a little research, and now I'm hesitant. Other than that really nobody here that I'm even looking at. He Young Park at 6,000, I think is going to garner some ownership after what she did in rounds one and two last week. Um, and really half of round three. That back nine on Saturday was just as wild as the back nine on Sunday. Actually, if we're going to get back into the, the recap of last week, that back nine on Sunday, or Saturday, was wild. That 16th hole for the final group MB Park and He Young Park took 16 shots on that hole. It was just some things you never see. He Young Park was up near the lead, and then she bogeyed 15, quadruple bogeyed 16, bogeyed 17, bogeyed 18. Like she went seven over in the last four holes, and eight over on the last six because she bogeyed 13 also. It was just on that that round was just crazy. That back nine, like they were just rolling. Like MB Park looked like she was taking control of the tournament. She was too clear, and then doubled 16, ended up losing the lead. Ziyu Lin slept on the Saturday night lead. Obviously didn't win, but that, that that tournament was crazy. I'm hoping we get another event like that because that was an awesome event to watch. And that's all I got. There's nothing else I'm really interested in in this 6K range. Um, I'm I told you I'm I'm living in this mid 9k range the lower portion of the 8k range and the low portion of the sevens i'm living in that range this week so if you want to duplicate my lineup it might be pretty easy thankfully there's only 700 entries so it's hard to get really a duplicate it's not like the 31,000 entries for you know some of the golf some of the pga uh contests where you are going to get duplicates especially if you if you use some of the chalky guys all right that's it for this week. Enjoy the Honda LPGA Thailand. Strange name. No open or classic or anything. Uh, enjoy it. I think it's going to be a fun week. These no-cut events always provide for some serious drama just because players can play a little bit more aggressively because you don't have to worry about you know, a cut line. It's a guaranteed check. So go out there and be aggressive. Make some birdies and, and maximize on that check. Get as big of a check as you can. And Jung Only 6 is going to get that biggest check. All right. I had fun. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the golf. Win some money. We'll talk next week. <laughs>